Good morning. A high school student was so excited that her sister was going to have a child that she blurted out on social media, my sister's pregnant and I can't wait to find out if I'm going to be an aunt or uncle. (laughs) Men, it's Father's Day. If you have a boy, you are a father. If you have a girl, you're still a father. If you have a boy and a girl, or you have boys and girls, you're a father, a prolific father. Happy Father's Day. As a father, I can say with confidence, I've made mistakes. I suppose there isn't a father alive who doesn't know he has made mistakes and wants to correct them. As a son, I can say with equal confidence, my father made mistakes. I was sure I could improve on them. I wanted to be a better father to my son and my daughter than I suppose my father was to me or my sister. I believe every father wants the best for his children. Some know how better than others. This last May... May 30th, our Vice President Joe Biden lost his son Bo to brain cancer. Bo was only 46, with a wife and two young children. The office of the Vice President issued a press release. I think the Vice President was too heartsick to speak publicly. And there was this part that was a very tender tribute to both him, his son, and his father. He wrote, and I quote, Bo embodied my father's saying that a parent knows success when his child turns out better than he did. From all that I've read and heard, Our Vice President Joe Biden has been an incredible dad to his children. Some would say a model, an ideal dad. My dad was not an ideal dad. Dad worked a lot and worked hard. He was a good dad but very stern, a strong disciplinarian. He wasn't an ideal dad. He was a dutiful dad. He didn't play with me. He didn't do sports with me. He didn't come to my games. I don't think he knew how. He built me a playhouse and my first bike and a desk. He was my dad. He went to church with mom, but he didn't love Jesus like mom did. It's been said every father should know that his children will follow his example, 
not his counsel. That's a good reminder of how strong our example is to others. I followed my dad's counsel because it was also his example. Money doesn't grow on trees, he told me at least a hundred times. There's no free lunch. Son, give people a firm handshake and look them in the eye. It won't, it won't hurt you to work hard, he would tell me. Or he would say, John, don't just stand there. Give me a hand. And then he would say, son, don't wait to be asked. And always do more than you're asked to do. He would say, do the job for others that you would want them to do for you. Treat others the way you want to be treated. If it's worth doing, he would say, it's worth doing right. And of course, he impressed upon me, turn off the lights. In a lot of ways, I'm just like my dad. But in a lot of ways, I tried to be just the opposite of my dad. I didn't want to be angry like my dad. I wanted to play and do sports with my children. I wanted to be there for my kids. I wanted to love my wife and only her. I wanted to set an example of patience, love, and joy. I got to tell you, it was harder than I thought it would be. I'm not sure my kids see me that way. This uh, last Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, some of us from the church went backpacking, and I took my grandson, Jacob, at one point while we were together, I asked him, tell me what you love about your dad. And he shared a lot of really beautiful things about his father. And I don't know where we switched focus, but he said, Bob, you encourage me. You are patient and you are a good hiker. That was music to my ears. But I still wish in some ways I was more playful, more like Stephen Elliott. I just don't... <laughs> I just don't think to do some of the things and the stuff that he does. It's like I wasn't trained... It's like I was trained to be sober and responsible. I would never think to smear mud all over my body and face or stick food in my nose. <laughs> but it was beautiful. I, I really mean that. It was, but he, 
I want, I, you know, I want to be that kind of guy with the kids. And uh, uh, Stephen helped me. I'm still learning to be a better dad. My dad divorced our mother when I was 20 and my sister was 13. Mom died of brain cancer at 45. I was just 21 and my sister just 14. I tried to be her dad. That didn't work. Brothers are not dads. Our dad believed my sister would be better off with others rather than with him. That decision crushed my sister. She struggled with it. She was trapped by it. Believing dad didn't love her. We struggled together. Dad died of lung cancer at 63 from asbestos, the work that he used to do with asbestos. It was December 5th, 1994. You kind of remember it because, uh, I mean, you would not necessarily forget that, but it was one year later to the day that the church voted to call me as a pastor here. December 5th, 1999, excuse me, December 5th, 1999. But in 1994, I was 41 and my sister 34. Funny how you're still just kids. Even as adults, my sister and I were trying to please Dad, gain his love and approval, and be there for Dad. We both loved Dad. If my sister Lynn was here today, she would say the same. And it was kind of funny this morning. I was still writing this. I got down here real early, and my sister Lynn texted me, Happy Father's Day. I said, you're making me cry. My dad would tell you that my dad would tell you that I turned out better than he did. And he would say the same about my sister. Yet my dad wasn't a great dad. But he would tell you that. And I suspect there were reasons. He never knew his real dad. He had to work hard as a kid to help support his family, being the eldest, a very poor family. He had to grow up way too soon. He had to be an adult without a youth. He grew up feeling as though he had no childhood and life had passed him by. I think my dad was just following his example, the example he had been given. Work hard, be an adult, be responsible, and do your duty. My point this morning is that we live in a broken world where people fail each other. What we see as faults are often 
In fact, sometimes I think always they can be traced, rooted in, created by unmet needs, unexpressed and unmet needs. I don't think dad believed his needs could be met in Jesus. Jesus was the savior for sin, sure, but not the deepest needs and hurts in his heart. My sister and I found our needs met in Jesus Christ. Our hurts, our reactions were healed. Even faults that we saw in our father were overcome by a greater hope, a greater love, and a greater father through the healing power of faith in his son, Jesus Christ. We've seen the depth and the beauty of God's love, our Heavenly Father. He turned the needs and pain into a capacity for love, kindness, delight, play, and joy. God's love enables us all to be better fathers and mothers, brothers and sisters. I know it's no surprise to you that the Apostle Paul never had children of his own. But he was a loving father. In 2 Corinthians, we've been in 1 Corinthians, but in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 14 and 15, this is what he wrote to the Corinthians. He said, I'm about to visit you for the third time, and I will not be a burden to you, because what I want is not your possessions, but you. After all, Children should not have to save up for their parents, but parents for their children. So I will very gladly spend for you everything I have and expend myself as well. If I love you more, will you love me less? There are three things that Paul says here that Show the love of the Father, our Heavenly Father, flowing through Him. First, I want you. There's nothing more important to me than you. I want you. There's nothing more important to me than you. Sometimes we lose sight of that. But in the end, that's really what we all want. Secondly, he said, I want to provide for you. It's not what you can do for me. It's what I can do for you that I seek. And third, he said, I want to love you more, even if you love me less. Love is a force, not a reaction. It's a power that flows from God our Father, the creative action of our Creator. It comes from the bosom of His being, and it's the pulse of His children that have their ear and their cheek to His breast. Most of us have great dads. In fact, I wish my dad were here to tell him how much I love him. 
and miss him. How much I learn from him that I am grateful for. Sometimes you look at the faults and you forget all the good things. The good. I would say to him, Dad, I want you. There's nothing more important to me than you. I want to provide for you. It's not what you can do for me. It's what I can do for you that I seek. And Dad, I want to love you more because our Father is love. That's what I'd like to say to him. And you know, in my best moments, that's what I'd like to say to almost everybody. And I say almost, not because I wouldn't, but because I can't fit everybody wherever I am. That's just something about the overpowering breadth, depth, and the vastness of God's love. And the more we know it, the more we want in our hearts to say to others, say to our spouses, say to our children, and yes, say to our fathers, whether they're legendary or not, I want you I want to provide for you. I want to love you more. Will you stand with me? I'd like to close us in prayer. Our loving and merciful God, your power is beyond our imagination. Your wisdom is beyond our apprehension but your love finds us right where we are. You know our every emotion. You know our every need. Today is Father's Day and we give you thanks, dear Father, for these good men who support us and care for us. They are a blessing. We thank you for loving dads whose hearts for fathering shape us to be strong and good, whose guiding hands are held out not only to their own children, but to your children, giving guidance, direction, opportunity, and of course, love. Your brand of love, wherever it is needed. On this day, we pray for those who long for their dads, whose presence is greatly missed. For whether it is distance, death, or some defeat that divides, step in, Father, and bring with your presence the hope that can turn sadness into thanksgiving. We pray for those fathers whose relationships with their children have been difficult or disappointing. We pray, too, for those who have been denied a chance to be fathers, 
and for those whose years of parenting have been cut short by the loss of a child precious and irreplaceable. We turn to you, wonderful Father, knowing that you can console the inconsolable. We turn to you that you might drench our longing for comfort, peace, and hope, that we might grow new and fruitful desires for living and fulfilling the promise of great things that you have in store for us. Finally, O God, we rejoice over so many fine men who in spite of confusing roles in a rapidly changing society have taken their place as fathers with a desire to model your loving leadership in their homes. Encourage them. Strengthen their trust in you. May their families respect them as they seek to live for you. And lastly, Father, we thank you and praise you for your Son, Jesus, and the enabling gift and power of your Holy Spirit, your presence, and for your word and the never-ending promise of your love. In Jesus' matchless name we pray. And all of God's people said, Happy Father's Day.